today on the Italian radio show. Steph Palermo teaches you how to run your family, life, and business like a true Sicilian. Plus, Mia Fernando explored great limoncello while listening to the holiday classic Christmas in East Haven. All this and more coming right up on West Coast Italian Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio. This is your host, Tony Listella. And, you know, my co-host, Marcia, is still in Italy. Um, she's not able to be a part of the show today uh, due to um, just uh, her traveling and having some fi- family obligations. But that's okay. She'll be back next week. I got a great host today. My good friend for many, many years, none other than Fernando Nardone, the guy who started Montalcino's Italian Restaurant. And he and I have known each other since, you know, God was in diapers, basically. We've known each other forever. I'm good friends with his father, his whole family. Uh, so he's going to be joining us here as the co-host. And uh, before we go any further, we do want to say that you are listening to us live today at 11.50 a.m. KKNW in the greater Seattle Bellevue area. Uh, but you can pick us up anywhere in the world and stream this program from your computer live by going to our website at WCIR.biz. Just remember the acronym for West Coast Italian Radio, WCIR.biz, and hit the button. You can, you know, hear us anywhere in the world. And after today, this show goes into our archives. Of course, you can listen to this week's show or any of our past shows uh, at the same link there by going to our website, hitting that button at the top of the page, take you right to it. We got a very, very special guest today that Fernando and I are going to tell you about, Steph Palermo, author of It's Nothing Personal, Sonny, It's Business, How to Run Your Family, Life, and Business Like a Sicilian. All right, and now it's time for our Italian news and Pizza the Italian of the Northwest. Uh, you know what they say, when you have Italian or Italian-American news, quite frankly, the uh, truth is stranger than fiction. So all of these stories, I swear to God, are true. We get them from the major news, pre- uh, news press, newspapers. This one came from the United Press International. This one came out November 16, 2020. Italian artist breaks world record with a 6,119-square-foot drawing, okay? Here's a guy. Uh, he broke the Guinness World Record, okay? He's um, from... Altamonte. You know where Altamonte is, Fernando? Yes, I do. Beautiful place. Okay, this guy... I think I heard this on CNN and Fox as well. Yeah, yeah. This guy's... Uh, his artist name is Fra, F-R-A. His real name is Francesco Caporale. And he took the challenge of creating the world's largest uh, drawing, which he did in the central square on the ground at Altamonte, Okay. Uh, you know, it, 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 the, the drawing includes doodles of objects, characters, different things he came up with, and he donated it to the city of Altamonte, probably because it's so big you can't get out of the square, I'm thinking. I mean, you know, um, he said he sold portions of the canvas, and he's using the money, money for uh, different community programs in the community. So, I mean, that's a pretty neat thing if you think about it, you know. Um I mean, I don't know, I've never been to Altamonte. I don't know how big the square is, but I'm imagining this thing takes up probably the whole town square, you know? It does. Like usual Italian cities, even if they're small, the squares are big, no matter yeah. what. Yeah, yeah. All right, now the second one. Now first, before we move on, where is Altamonte in Italy? The city of Altamonte. I mean, do we know where that is? 
Look it up. We'll come back to it. Okay. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 No, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I got you cut out there. I apologize. Oh, no worries. So where is the city of Altamonte? I think it's northern Italy. Northern Italy. All right. All right. Um, so here's another story from northern Italy. This, again, comes from United Press International. This came out on November 13, 2020. School asked parents to stop throwing late students over the closed gate. Okay? Apparently, th- th- this again sounds like something you would only hear out of Italy. An elementary school in Italy put up a pair of signs outside the fence uh, to the parents. says, don't throw late students over the closed gates. Okay, This is a school. This is the Aviano Elementary School in the Providence or the province of uh, Pordenone. Okay? Um, and apparently there's a, a lot of uh, you know, parents who get there late with their kids, and the, the gates already been closed, locked. They, they throw the kids over the fence. You know, so they can go to school instead of waiting for the gates to be open. Okay, the principal Anna Merciano stated the parents literally are throwing their children over the gates when they arrive to find it closed. Uh, she said there was only a few scattered incidents, no reported injuries, but there's enough tossed children <laughs> to inspire the school <laughs> officials to take up their. Can you imagine this? <laughs> uh, that's that's great. Maybe they don't want to get COVID. I don't know. I don't know. They got a six-year-old. You get the, the gates closed. You toss them over the fence. You know. They want to start start them off with some energy. Sounds like a new sport in Italy. You know. There you go. Could be like like high jump. Well, this last one. This this last one is the best of all. Okay. Here's one. I mean, this this is a, 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 it sounds like it's something out of The Sopranos or uh, you know the, uh, the the Wise Guys movie or something like this. Okay. This is from the uh, AFP um, News Service, August 4th, 2020, so it's a couple months old. It says a Jersey man is jailed for buying a Lamborghini with a PPP loan. Okay, now, Fernando, you're in business. I'm in business. Uh, yeah. You know, we have the uh, pay- Paycheck protect- Protection Program, the PPP loans, uh, that have been around since March to help a lot of the small businesses uh, survive the the Corona pandemic, you know, they, they, they give you loans that could be totally forgiven if you're used to pay wages, rent, or utilities, right? Right. There's a guy, an Italian guy in Jersey. He somehow gets the money. He, instead of spending it for the loan, for, you know, his business, he, he spends it to buy a $200,000 Lamborghini. And, and, and of course, instead of like <laughs> driving his car, he gets a slow ride to jail when the government finds out. Well, maybe, got, maybe he was driving his employees around. Well, this no, no. This guy got one point six million. How first of all do you get one point six million yeah, exactly. dollars from the government? What, guess, what kind of what kind of restaurant did he have? Uh, well, <laughs> it says. Um, let me see. It says according to the just the, the, the guy. Uh, his name is Carlo De Luca. He's a twenty nine year old Italian American from Ocean City, New Jersey. I played Ocean City before. It's it's, it's not far from Atlantic City. Um, back in the day, we had a, a we took a Broadway show there. He said he he um he secured two loans. He had first of all a fictitious holding company that received nine hundred thousand dollars. Then he had a construction company. This uh, this again sounds like something that's out of Goodfellas. He had yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody has a construction company in Jersey, right? Exactly, exactly. He had a construction company that got over seven hundred thousand. Especially cement. Exactly. Especially cement. 
So between the two companies, he got $1.6 million. Neither company, he, this is what the, when they investigated him, neither company actually had any operations or any employees. And the one, <laughs> the one guy they had listed as the CEO had died like a year ago. Okay. Um, it's, he, he, he gets his money. He spends it on buying lavish goods like, you know, the Lamborghini, uh, a Rolex watch. He bought some, you know, like a mansion. He bought a new pickup truck. And of course, you know, this is the, the best of all. He spends thousands of dollars at the Atlantic City strip clubs because somebody has to support those poor girls during COVID. All right. Let me, let me tell you something. There's the same thing about he bought any, you know, pasta, at least. No? No, no, no. It's pasta just, sauce, good, the Checo pasta, not even. No, uh, I, I, no, I don't know. But it says uh, he he's alleged to have ties, this guy, the DeLuca, with a big Cavalcante crime family. Of course, they're the biggest crime family now in the well, there's, there's, there's a shocker. Yeah, exactly. You think? You know, a powerful national criminal network today across the USA. Of course, of course, DeLuca denies his connections with the organization. <laughs> yeah, you think? What, <laughs> me? Oh, it's not yeah, exactly. What a scam. I mean, I've heard, you know, I've heard people scamming on this program before, but this takes the cake. I think this, yeah. this guy gets the number one award, you know? A little absurd. Yes, I agree. They got to put this in a movie or something, you know. One asterisk. We talked about that tomorrow. There's one in the north, but the one I think you're talking about is, is in Calabria, the city. Calabria. Col- oh yeah. yeah. So, so southern Italy. And, all right. There you go. There you go. Just so people know. Uh, yeah. It's a provincia di Cosenza. Gotcha. So that's the uh, the second one where we're talking about the elementary school, huh? Correct. Pro- province. Yeah, the, the, the art, the art. Oh, the art, the art. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, folks, we're going to be right back after this short break, and we're going to tell you how to make some great limoncello and talk with my friend there, uh, Fernando, about, you know, I know his family really makes has great wine and stuff. But we're going to talk about this. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas. We're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. We got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my my friend Frank Isernio said, All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Isernio Sausage. Visit Isernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by ourselves, Sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to Tito'sVodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Dr. Sanjay Gupta brings you health tips for a better life Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., 8 a.m., and 5 p.m. right here on KKNW. And we are back with West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show. I am your host, Tony Lestella. And, of course, i got a great co-host today with me, 
Uh, Fernando Nardone, one of my dear friends for many, many years. She's our families, I think, go back 25, 30 years uh, when I was singing on Broadway, the Mario Lanza show, and I met your dad. Um, it came, I remember I came, I came to your house to, to, to eat and, um, you're, you, you had this great mansion. I mean, like a villa and your, your parents made us this dinner. It started like at two o'clock in the afternoon. I think it ended at 10 o'clock at night. And then your father and I go down into like, he had a wine cellar that was in the bottom of his house, the size of my old house. We drank Grappa like till four o'clock in the morning. We've been good friends ever since, you know. Ten, ten o'clock, you got off. You got off easy. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. So now, Fernando, I know that you know you and I for years and years we worked together in the restaurant business. Uh, you know, you you as the uh, as the restauranteur, myself as a singer, uh, and my Chinos and other things. So you know, because your family has been involved with food and wine for so many years. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. My, my, first of all, Tony, my best times at the restaurants is working with you. It's always a pleasure, my friend. And so is mine as well. My parents, uh, are both chefs. We've been, they've been in the food and wine business for, for decades. Um, my father started importing one of the first, first in, uh, North America importing foods and wines from Italy and especially exclusive foods and wines. So higher end. Yeah. Yeah. Foods. And slowly, slowly became a producer of wines. We produce, uh, Rosso di Montalcino, Brunello di Montalcino. We have a winery. Yeah. At least a na- name brand winery in, uh, Montalcino called Poggio Nardone, which Nardone is our surname. My parents are both chefs. My mom is an opera singer. You heard her sing many times. Yeah. We've sung uh, together restaurant. many times, you know? Yeah. That's, that, that was going to get to that. You guys sang together many times. Um, she loves you, by the way. So and, now, uh, I, I, one thing I want to mention too is that sure. you, you know I don't just want to toss this off because the you know they're not just talking any Italian wine here, folks. I mean, we're talking that Brunello di Montalcino was rated number one in the world for, for Brunellos. I mean, I'm not even a wine drinker. I drink hard liquor like you know scotch and vodka, and I can't get enough of this wine to this day. Um, well, that, that's yeah. why you like the Brunello because it's a little bit like hard liquor. Yeah, it's a, it's a great wine. It's really <laughs> tasty, uh, and it, you know, it, it just it's just a great wine. Um, and, I, and 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 before we move on, let's talk about the Nardoni food because I know you guys, apart from you know uh, the restaurant, um, you know, you imported food for many many years. Um, it's so important. I remember your dad and I years ago. We we your dad was uh, was doing consulting for other Italian restaurants. And we would we went to a restaurant a friend of mine had was trying to get it going, and your dad was emphasizing you have to have good ingredients. I mean I don't care how good your recipes are, you know if you're gonna go down like the QFC and buy like the local on discount tomatoes or something, you're not gonna have a good recipe. You know we, you gotta get tomatoes. You bring them in from you know it's a San Marzano tomatoes you bring from Italy. You gotta bring in the pasta from Italy, the olive oil. And a lot of people, you know, they don't understand that. They try to, to script by getting something cheap, and it never works. No, you're, you're, that's so you're so on with that because, like you said, you can have any recipe. I don't care what it is. You say you have the best recipe if you don't have the right ingredients. And actually, your your recipe could be so simple. If you have the right ingredients, you can you can make it work. Without the right ingredients, I don't care what recipe you have or wherever it's from, third generation, hundred generation grandma, 
it won't work. Absolutely. Ingredients are the key. You can't substitute good Italian ingredients. Absolutely. In fact, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of Italians, the, the, the cooking part, the recipe is very simple. It's not complicated at all. A lot of Italian right. Americans, in fact, uh, they overcomplicate it. Not all. I mean, there's some great Italian American cooks, but a lot of people in this country, when they're making Italian food, they put in too much garlic. They put in too much sugar. Yep. You know, and I'm with you. Yeah, and, and really to make great Italian food, it's a very simple recipe, but you have to have good ingredients. Yes. So now, Fernando, yeah. I know that, that you, uh, you were the guy who started Monalcino's, uh, restaurant in Isqua with your family, uh, with your family recipes. Like you yeah. say, we worked together there for many, many years. Um, and, uh, you know, I was your singer for uh, about 10, 12 years. So, so what's going on now? I know that you sold the you're, restaurant. What, 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 what are you doing now? Number one, you're still my singer. Don't forget. I still am your singer. Exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I am now doing consulting, as my father did. So I'm consulting for various restaurants, uh, including one in Israel called, called Sip. Sip Restaurant and Wine Bar. Um, That's a nice place. Really it's, nice place. It's a really beautiful place. Me and my wife used to go there because we lived in Issaquah. Montalcino was in Issaquah. You know, we don't always want to go to our own restaurant on our yeah. days off, so we'd go there. But uh, it's right up on the hill on the in the Highlands. It is, it is, and that, besides the beautiful restaurant, everything was subpar. Atmosphere, food, drink was not. Uh, but uh, hopefully, people can see that we changed that, which uh, yeah. it's been turned, yeah. it's been turned around. So that's what I do now. I, I consult for different uh, restaurants. And I uh, relax a little bit more, but I don't know. In the future, we'll see what happens. Maybe, so let me maybe, ask you a question: you get together again. Is your family still in the uh, in the wine business in Italy? So yes, we are still in the wine business at a lesser capacity. My uh, father sold his rights to a distributor, but my father, as you know, can never be not involved. So I he's still there, making sure the wine comes out properly. He makes his own wine. Actually, yeah, he brought over uh, his own wine for Thanksgiving, and uh, oh, that's fantastic. I bet it was, friend, it was great. It was good. It was amazing, amazing, amazing wine. Actually, for well, it wasn't you, it wasn't even drinkable time, but we still drank it. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, the new guys, I'm sure, made limoncello. My wife and I, in fact, last night we uh, did a big batch of limoncello that we have are now, you know, it's sitting in my my back closet infusing. Um, we, you know, we got about 50 lem, uh, lemons. You got it, you know, and we, you, a, a limoncello is very, very easy to make, folks, for those of you who haven't made it. You basically, you get a bunch of lemons, and you gotta then shave the lemons, which basically means you just wanna get that very outer level of the yellow off. Try to avoid getting any of the white pulp that's underneath, that's between the skin and the fruit, but just that, the yellow, uh, very yellow skin of the end, almost like a razor thing, right, you take to it. You stick it in like a liquor. Usually it, it's a very, very good vodka. Uh, some people use Everclear, but strong liquor, clear liquor, yeah, um, for uh, yeah. about a month to six weeks so that the, 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 the lemon flavor get, goes out of those skins into the liquid. And then of course you, you drain the, uh, the skins out, uh, and you add just simple sugar. Okay. And then yeah. you let it sit a little bit longer. You, you jar it. Now, the secret to this is, it sounds very simple, just like Italian food is actually very simple, but every place you go in Italy, everybody you ask has their own certain way they do it. They'll tell you, well, you got to use this many lemons 
for, for every fifth liquor, you, you gotta let it sit in the, you know, in, in, in a dark, cool place for like six weeks, four weeks, two months, six months. Everybody has a different thing. Um, the different amount of sugar and the simple sugar mixture that you put in. So I think a lot of this is you just got to experiment until, you know, do it a number of years till you find the right thing. I don't know. I know that the limoncello that you used to bring into the restaurant that you would import was absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, did you guys make limoncello? Tell me. We, for the restaurant, we imported it. But yes, we did make limoncello. Limoncello originally is from the Sorrentine Provincia, it's from the Naples area, Sorrento. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and your you family, and Sorrento, your family's close to there, right? Correct. Yeah. We are from uh, Campania, which is a little north of that, but yes. But my father does a lot of business in there, actually, with the tomatoes also, San Marzano, similar area. Yeah, yeah. But in that area, let's say it was born. You know, if you ever been to that area, you see the lemons that are there, there, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're, they're unbelievable. They're, they're, I mean, it's a whole different world of lemons, you know. Exactly. But now, you know, everywhere is done, and it's done well. Is it Calabria, Abruzzo, Sicily, uh, Liguria, every, everywhere, even in France, believe it or not. Yeah. But yeah. I, I would, I would, I wouldn't drink that one. No. I'm just no. saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, Limoncello is, uh, is, is originated in Sorrento, but it's, uh, spanned out to many, many different regions. And they're all, you know, they're all different. They're, I think they're all pretty good. I still favor the Sorrento. So and basically what you think, restaurant. Was from if people are not going to make their own limoncello and they just want to buy some or give it as a gift, you think the best ones are that you go to the, the, the liquor store, you want to look for something that's out of Sorrento? Uh, yes, but, you know, you won't go wrong if you can't find Sorrento and you buy a, as long as it's made in Italy. As long as it's made in Italy, you know, all right. Make sure it doesn't say made in China. All Oops. right. Did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're not socially correct on this program. We're barely <laughs> legal on this program. All right, folks. Uh, and there you have it. Your recipe for the week, limoncello with a true Italian food expert, Fernando Nardone. Salute. All right. And so now I think it's time that we uh, got to move into our artist of the week, all right? So we got a good one here. And now we're in the holiday season, right? So now for the next, you know, few uh, weeks, we're going to be playing all of our holiday classics. And uh, so I figured, you know, let's do something that's really, really special. Um, this is what, this is an oldie but a goodie uh, brought to us from the town of East Haven in Connecticut, where basically almost everybody's Italian. And I bet you didn't know that the town has its own Christmas song, okay? Um, you know, it's known for the younger population of wannabe gangsters, but, you know, this town's like where the Gaudis and some serious uh, old guard Italians came from, right, uh, that you don't want to screw with, okay? Anyway, um, here we are from East Haven, Christmas in East Haven, nothing more needs to be said, an Italian-American holiday classic. Hey, have a good Christmas, Okay. Do the right thing. All right. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey. Hey 
Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. We gotta pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. And we're back. This is Tony Lestella with West Coast Italian Radio. And now, you know, I have a very, very special guest here today. Um, another fellow Sicilian, Steph Palermo, who uh, is uh, coming to us live from Boston. Steph, how you doing? I'm great, Tony. Thank you so much for having me here. I love it. Well, so now, you know, amongst other things, um, I know... We, we, when we talked earlier, uh, you, you told me a little bit about your Sicilian background, but it sounds like um, you have kind of capitalized on this and in, in, in what you do for a living in terms of what you write, what you teach with your life coaching. So uh, before we get into that, tell, tell us a little bit about your background, where, you, where your family's from, growing up Sicilian, and so forth. So my, my, my grandmother was born in Riesi in Sicily. Yeah. Uh, both sides of my family are from either Riesi, Catanizetta, or Shaka. Uh, one side, they were fishermen. The other one, they worked in the salt mines. Uh, they immigrated here um, in, well, one side was the late 1800s, and then my grandmother came over as a baby in 1920. Gotcha. And they, they came to Boston, and they actually, uh, they brought with them, and I talk about this in my book, their traditions from their towns and each town in Sicily and even a little bit in you know the other areas of Italy when they settled in Boston's north end it's like it's like New York's little Italy yeah been there been there know all about it right they actually settled in the same part of the street with their paisani so yeah. with their you know with their with their families and the people from their town so in one, on one end of Hanover Street my father's family they were all from Riesi or Pizzapizzia Catanizetta because it's in the province of Catanizetta you know and I know Boston has such a rich rich Italian population 
uh, back uh, in about 2001, 2002, I recorded an album in Providence, and we brought in all of the players from Boston because we, we were doing a lot of the old traditional songs right. that a lot of them were not charted, and we needed players who just knew the music to play it, and they did exceptional. It was just, you know, a great community. We've had, I've been there, had some good food in Boston, you know? Excellent. The food is excellent. My food is excellent. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is we all work very, I, I think we, we strive to maintain the traditions in our families and the things that I learned, you know, it's very sad for me that my grandmother isn't here for me to call and say, oh, grandma, the crust of my regatta pie is not good. What do I do? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, oh, grandma, I met the family in Sicily, you know, things like that. But, uh, we, we really, I loved my, Sicilian tradition so much and I have spent some extended time in Sicily and I did some comparing of what you know American Sicilians and what's the difference between American Sicilians and the Sicilians that are are back in Sicily and we have a lot of the same traditions, but a lot of them are watered down because we're very um, we're Americanized. Right, right. Well, now that just kind of gets us back into discussing here. You have a uh, your latest book entitled. It's not personal, Sonny. It's business. How to run your family, life, and business like a Sicilian. Now, this sounds like a heck of a book. Tell us about the book and, you know, how you came up with it. Well, because I loved my Sicilian tradition so much and I learned so much from my friends in Sicily and from spending time there, I felt that some of these old school values we are lacking i mean we are lacking them in 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 america across the board but even a lot of us have watered down our traditions i mean when i came home from sicily it's like we're doing sunday dinner i don't know what happened but we're doing it uh-huh. and but some of the you know i talk i have like 10 pillars of sicilian life that i find is extremely valuable across the board for all human beings and it's the family the dinner table, respect, loyalty, generosity. Let's see if I can remember them all. Uh, leisure, work, fearlessness, love, and there's one more, and I can't remember it. I'll get. I'll remember it. But anyway, oh, now this sounds like this sounds like like something you've almost taken out of the Godfather. <laughs> I mean, you well, know, when I think about all of those values, and I don't mean that in a in a negative way, but I mean, you know, there was a lot of things that were that are positive Italian values. You know. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? The one that I forgot is the one that people don't attribute to Sicilians very often, and it's forgiveness. Ah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) Because we think about, that's why I forgot it. But, uh, you know, because Americans think, oh, let's, you know, put cement shoes on them and, you know, that's our forgiveness. It really isn't. I didn't have that in my family. We had, I mean, yes, there's, you know, there's a little bit of trouble. But the thing is, is everybody was loving. You said, sorry, you go, okay. Yeah, what are we going to eat? I'm, you know, okay, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Okay, so we'll sit down. You know, let's eat. Let's eat together. No worries. And and I saw that in Sicily. It's almost, you know, I think more like you remember the the movie uh, Moonstruck. As yeah. in a way, to me, that uh, encompasses how really Italians and Sicilians. I mean, our whole culture is: you love each other, you scream at each other, you make mistakes, you say you're sorry, and you get on with it. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So I took these um, ten pillars, 
and I wrote, you know, I'm a, I'm a short storyteller. That's my, that's my gift. And I write a little story which has a little meaning or tell a little bit about what I'm talking about. And then I give practical applications in the family life and business that you can apply. So, you know, like in business, I know things are different now because people are having a hard time congregating, but having dinner together as in with your coworkers helps to bond. Oh, and you sure. will have if you become a family in your company, nobody's looking to take over your your you know you're not looking over your back saying, Oh, am I gonna lose my job? You know, I even heard that on the radio this morning. The even now what they're doing is they're having after work, people are staying on Zoom with their fellow employees they're having virtual cocktails. <laughs> you know? You know, you ha- it, it's a way to bond, and if you're if you're bonding with your uh, with your coworkers and as a family, then you're you're going to end up helping the other person when there's a project, and it's really about the bottom line in terms of, you know, everybody being uh, buying in to the company's uh, goals and you know and what they want to do, and so everybody's part of it. It's like one, it's like trying to get Sunday dinner together mom's in the kitchen we're you know we're putting the the plates out you know dad's sitting watching the football game or whatever but you know whatever it is it's where nobody's going to try and take dad's job and nobody's going to try and take mom's job right right yeah we all love each other and we respect each other for what their roles are you're all one body and and each part of the body has a function that is important to the other you know exactly exactly and the family table the dinner table that's when you find out what's going on you know what's going on in the kids school you want you find out what happened with cousin Joey why Anthony's in jail you know whatever you know i am what a huge going on i am a huge advocate of that in fact in our house right now i have my daughter's family and my granddaughter and you know people living here with us and our rule of thumb is when you get to the dinner table, you shut off your phones, you shut off the TV, you sit there and you talk to each other. And there's so much of that that is missing. And then people wonder why they're disconnected from their kids and their kids get in trouble and whatever, because you need to have that connection. Right. And, you know, I know Sebastian Maniscalco does a lot of funny jokes about the company and people coming over. But what he's laughing about is really true. When the company came over, we all sat at the table. we We learned what a sense of humor was. We learned about their music. We learned how to be appropriate at the table because you didn't be you weren't disrespectful. You know, there's a lot of things that happen at the dinner table that is unsaid. You don't even have to say anything. And I think that's why the dinner has been, even to this day, like the difference, I think, between uh, Americans and, 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 and Italy. Like when you go to Italy, you have dinner. Even if you go out to a restaurant, it's an event. I mean, you would just go there for 90 minutes. You're there for three, four hours. I mean, it's a whole event there that you do going out as you do at home. You know, I remember, and like I'm sure you do, in my grandma's kitchen on Sunday, we would start eating about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and you finish about 8 o'clock at night, you know? Absolutely. Well, we were dunking the bread and the gravy a little earlier. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so now you, with your book, you do... Um, it says you, apart from people being able to purchase your book, um, you also do different workshops and stuff. Tell me really 
me briefly here. Give us an idea how, like, if people do well, a workshop online, or how can they do this now? Well, you know, it's been kind of tough with all with the COVID. I've been really working on the book and working on. I actually have a, a membership community where mm-hmm. I host workshops once a month, and I have weekly book discussions and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I do one on ones with people as well. So you know, my a lot of those workshops are happening in my my membership community, right? However, as soon as they let us out of Dodge, I will be hosting retreats in Sicily. Well, that's fantastic. I'm going to be taking people and I'll sign up just to go drink the wine. (laughs) There you go. Well, what we're going to do is they're actually sort of healing, feel groovy retreats where you learn the Sicilian way of life, which is a stress-free life. And we'll hit some of the sacred spots like Santa Rosalia and things like that. But, and we'll be doing, you know, different talks and uh, one-on-ones, but we'll, we'll have, I have a chef over there that's going to come over and give a cooking lesson I have everything all set up. They're, That's they're saying, Steffi, Steffi, uh, cuando arrivo, arrivo. <laughs> and, uh, say, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh, you know, when they let me, <laughs> when they let us go. So we'll be, I'll be doing retreats and I, I also, um, have one-on-one life coaching as well. And, uh, and hopefully more workshops and, and things coming up in, uh, 2021. And I really love to be in person with people. And I was getting ready to host dinners at my home. Well, you know, the good news now is, the good news now is, I read this this morning in the New York Times, is that they say when, when we, when we get this vaccine, which is going to be coming here anytime, it's supposed to be long term. Which means, I guess you, I don't know what that means, but hopefully it means years and years and years that we can get back to normal. So let's tell everybody, we only have about another minute here. Let's tell everybody how they can get your book, how they can follow you, can find out more about your workshops, your coaching. What can they do? Well, I'm on Amazon. And so you can just Google, you know, on Amazon. It's not personal, Sunny. It's business. Uh, you can definitely find it there. However, my website has everything that you need. It's juststeph.com, J-U-S-T-S-T-E-P-H.com. I'm also on, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You, I have a YouTube uh, show. I have a podcast on iTunes. So I am everywhere. It's the Just Steph Show. Uh, you can find me anywhere. And of course, if anybody has a question for me personally, it'd be, I love personal interaction. So Steph at juststeph.com. I'll be happy to answer any, any emails. That's fantastic. So again, this is Steph Palermo. And, and yes, she, she has the name and she is from Sicily, uh, Sicilian, Ita- Sicilian American, uh, with her book. It's not personal, Sonny. It's business. How to run your family. Life and Business Like a Sicilian. Uh, and she has all kinds of wonderful things apart from her book, workshops, interaction, uh, podcasts. Uh, so you can definitely get in touch with her. She will personally respond to you. Her website is juststeph.com. Juststeph.com. Steph, we've had such a great time with you on the show today. I want you to promise me that you're going to come back again. We'll have you back, Absolutely. you know, in 2021. And once we get back, so we're rolling again, we're going to tell people more about your trips to Sicily. That sounds like a blast. Thank right. you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, folks, this is Tony Lestella with West Coast Italian Radio. We'll be right back after this short word from our sponsors. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad. Thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. We got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Isernio Sausage. Visit Isernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. All right, folks. And now it's time, of course, for our Italian phrases. Uh, now, you know, during the holidays, you know, people are out there. They're rushing around. They're trying to get all the presents, all the stuff done before Christmas. So, obviously, you got a lot of crazy people driving on the road. Um, and, you know, the, just like... You got problems here with road rage. They really got problems in Italy because they don't suffer fools well in Italy when, you know, there's so many people out there driving. So we thought it would be interesting to find out what are some of the good insults for road rage in Italy, okay? So I got a few of these that people have sent me, uh, Fernando. I don't know, uh, but the first one uh, that I got is say. Can I I start you off with a story? All right, tell me with a story. I'll tell you, the first time... I brought my wife to Italy, and she insists on driving. I said, "Listen, Cindy, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be driving because you know it's not like you think." She said, "Oh, drive, okay, you drive, drive." So we get to a light. The light was was red. It turned. It didn't even turn yellow yet, and they start honking at her. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, oh my god, why they? She started freaking out. Why are they honking at me? Because they're just making sure. That you're ready when it turns green. <laughs> and it's the truth. That's how crazy it is. Oh, it is. They, I re- they don't want you to be asleep. No, I remember. I mean, the minute, it's like you're at the, the, the Grand Prix. The minute that light turns green, people are, you, you, the wheels are screeching. They're going through it, you know, like smoking, you know. Right, so that- she, pulls, she pulls over and so said, you drive. <laughs> I remember so- also the scooters. I remember being in Napoli. The scooters, they come around your car, and boom, they slap you on the hood, you know. And then, and you got to be careful because these guys, if your window is down, they'll reach in and they'll grab like the, your right. wife's no, purse. They slap you on the hood because they want, to, they want to make sure you know they're there and you don't move over. Exactly. But yes, that, that's crazy. It's, it's, uh, it's like, there's, you know, you have like, here you have lanes, one, two, three lanes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you also got lanes there. Don't get me wrong. You got one, two, maybe two at the most. But there's on those two lanes, you probably got four cars. Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody abides by those lines. Those lines could be invisible for all they care. It's it's actually amazing they don't have more accidents there, which you probably you know because of the way they drive. But uh, anyway, think, here you're right. But I and I think why because they're actually good drivers. They're amazing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Even though yeah, because I think it's the structure and the infrastructure of the city. Have you ever, you know, you've been, the streets are narrow, they're small. Right, so they right. Much, so they learn to, uh, you know, they learn to do what they've got to do. 
That's it. With what they got. Well, here's some good insults because God knows I've seen people get out. I've, I've seen people jump out of their cars in Italy and start screaming at each other. Okay. It's not like it is here where you drive by someone and give them the figure. No, these people stop. Both parties get out and they're waving their hands here, screaming. It's like World War II. Okay. So the first good uh, Italian insult for road rage is say una sfigata, which is you're a loser. Right. Okay. Loser, yes. <laughs> Another yes. one. You're, you're a loser driver, anyway. Exactly. Another is say un cretino, which is basically you're a cre- you're a cretin, you're an idiot, you're a fool. You're okay. Idiot, yeah. This one needs, of course, no explanation. And all and all be but a goodie. Say stupido, say stupido. You know, of course, you're stupid, right? Correct. You're stupid. Uh, or, you know or what? What we're missing, Tony, is the gestures. You know, sometimes you, you can always. You know, off Fangulo, yeah, the yeah. arm, like yeah, this, yeah. boom. Yeah, that exactly. happens a lot. Yeah. That happens a lot. And then the little like, hey, what are you doing? You know, with your with your fingers and your exactly. fists. Oh, exactly. The, catastrophe. the gestures are every. The gestures are everything. Can, you know, can exactly. Cats on the radio? Uh, huh? Can you say cats on the radio? Uh, you can't really cuss on the radio, so yeah, but probably wouldn't. No, not cuss. I say, can you say cazzo? Uh, you could just don't translate it. <laughs> okay. Right. Right, right. So here's another one. Say un idiota, okay? You're an idiot. Come on, you know. So and, and last but not least is uh say un def, uh, deficiente. Deficiente. Yeah. You're a moron, you know? You're mor- you shouldn't be on the road. What are you, you doing? Exactly. You doing? But you're right. The, it's not just the words. It's when they they're ju- the, you got two people jumping out of their cars raising their hands, doing gestures with their arms and stuff, screaming, just like you would think in the movies. It's actually quite amazing that they don't actually have the, the same level of, uh, of physical of physical confrontations. I mean, you don't see people shooting each other or beating each other up, but you would think that's going to happen because they're out screaming. They're absolutely screaming and raging at each other. But it, it's like that. When they drive by you and give you that look, yeah, that it says every phrase that you just said. They said it without even saying. Look at you. so you know what I mean? So you're so stupid. What are you? You can get that from their eyes. So here you go, folks. Next time you go to Italy, you're all prepared for your Italian driving. And you next time right you here. go to Italy, rent a car. That's right. You heard it right here on West and Coast a, and a Italian Radio. It's <laughs> always a lot of fun. This is always a lot of the time phrases. All right. So, you know, um, we're going to wrap it up here pretty quick because we're coming to the end of our time. We uh, want to thank our uh, engineer, Eric, for doing a great job again uh, with uh, pr- helping us to produce our show here. Um, and we want to remind everybody we have a great new podcast, a television podcast. Uh, which I guess means it comes out on the internet and you can watch it like a TV show there rather than just listening to the audio. Uh, coming out in January, Italian Radio After Hours, Radio Italiano, Lucia Rosa. Lucia Rosa, okay? So uh, it's, you know, what can I tell you? This is not, no, don't get me wrong. It's not like an X-rated show or nothing, but, you know, let's just say we call a spade a spade, 
Uh, we get into topics that, you know, and we're very, very graphic about how we feel about them. So it's probably not something the FCC would like us to broadcast over the live radio, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, we have some very interesting guests uh, every week who uh, basically say it like it is. Coming out soon, available by subscription only. You have to be age 18 years or, or, or older at the West Coast Italian Radio website. That's WCIR.biz. You're going to be learning more about that over the next three, 30 days as we're getting ready to launch the show. And again, next week we'll have our, uh, hopefully have our co-host, our regular co-host, Marcia Caputo from uh uh, she was in Italy right now visiting her family back and available for us. want to thank Fernando Nardoni for doing a great job today uh, helping us to uh, be our special guest host. And got to have Fernando back some more. He's always a lot of fun. And, folks, we're going to leave you with our song of the week. This is a good one. This is one that, um, you know, we're, since it's the holiday season now officially, you know, we don't start holiday music till after Thanksgiving. That's the way it is, okay? And then we play it up until New Year's, right? So, we got to give you Tony Lestone and the Goombas, our West Coast Italian radio house band, and their rendition of Jingle Bells. And on that note, we'll see you next week with a brand new show right here, West Coast Italian radio. God bless. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. What fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Now the ground is white, go it while you're young. Take the girls tonight and sing a sling song Just get a bobtail nag to 44 his feet And hitch him to an open sleigh and crack you'll take the lead Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse